What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, my good friend, coach, inspiration, highly anticipated, extremely overly requested, the one, the only, Kaiza Fit. Super pumped to have Kaiza on the podcast simply because she's a great friend. Um, I really, really look up to Kaiza and I've, I've known her for a few years now, but in 2017, we really kind of grew closer to each other as we started to work directly with each other. And part of working together was just getting to know each other, hanging out, training and just shooting the shit. And it's been it's been a hell of a time getting to know her and just having her in my corner. She's somebody who supports me and everything I do. She helps celebrate my wins. When I see a victory, she is the first one to tell me good job and help me realize that I'm doing a good job. And I'm the same person for her. I'm in her corner supporting her, helping her, giving her feedback, critiquing what she needs critiqued, just like she does for me. And I can't say that enough and how grateful I am to have her in my life. I hope she's listening to this. She better be listening to this because this is her podcast. But I I do want her to know that I'm super grateful for her because it's hard to find friends in your life that will give you that honest feedback but also help you see life for what it is and help guide you along the way, celebrate your wins, and just keep it real with you all the time. And just It's hard to find friends that understand where you are at with success, family, entrepreneurship, fitness, life, everything. So we connect on a very deep level across the board with those things. So it's super – it's super humbling, it's super honoring, it's, and I'm just I'm pumped to have her on the show so you guys can kind of see and hear a little bit of an insight into what we talk about on a regular basis because this podcast is less of a topic. Like we're not going to talk about the eight foundational movement patterns or anything like that. Like we're going to talk about life and I wanted to dig into her what I call origin story, which is basically just like where the hell did Kaiser Fit come from? She is doing damage in the fitness industry. She's blowing up. She's she's really well known across the world now, and she's doing some amazing things to help a lot of people. And I wanted to know where did that stem from? And I know a lot of her fans will also be listening to this, and I feel like they needed to hear like where did all this inspiration come from? Where did all this fire come from? Where did this entrepreneurship come from? Where did this desire to just constantly move and grow and get better? come from. So that's exactly what we talk about today. We talk about everything from her childhood to where she is today. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And I think you guys can take a lot away from just listening to our dialogue and how we communicate and just look at what it takes to to stand up for what you believe in and succeed in what you truly are passionate about. And this podcast is going to deliver that in so many ways. I am super, super pumped to give you guys the episode with Kaiser Fit. Right, Kaiser Fit finally on the podcast. Oh, we're live. I know. So last weekend we tried, or last week or whatever we tried, and I fucked it up. But I drove out here and we kicked it, and that was fun. So let's just do. Um, I want to do like the origin story. Okay. So let's start with. Uh, let's go back to like childhood. Start with that. Like, what, I mean, were you an athlete? What was your family life like? Did you live in Seattle? Yep. Give me the rundown. Um, okay. So definitely born and raised in Seattle. Um, being an athlete, I think, um, going as far back as I can remember and more so I have a bad memory. So my mom telling me I was always moving. So constantly moving. I never committed to any sport long enough to, like I say, like really excel at anything at a young age. Um, but I was in everything like gymnastics, swimming, 
um, ballet, anything and everything I could possibly do, or more like my mom could possibly do to yeah. keep me active and moving. Um, let's see. I think my mom, the story goes back so far that she would say, and I think this ties into my obsession with shoes. I won my first race, um, crawling at Nordstrom and I won a pair of Nike shoes. And so she was like, at that moment, I kind of like knew where we're going. Um, so yeah, athletics has always been a part of my life. Um, it's evolved obviously into, it evolved in high school into soccer and track and then in college into just track and field. So you played just soccer and track then throughout high school? Yeah. And the crazy thing is I played soccer and I did track to basically keep in shape for soccer season. And it just ended up being that I was um, better at track and field. And so when it came to choosing colleges, it was D2 for soccer or D1 for track. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. I look back and I'm not exactly, you know, happy with my decision. But I think at that age, ego was kind of involved and I wanted to go D1. So I went to uh, University of Washington and did track and field there and really just ended up being injured my entire career there. So I never felt like I really got to my full potential. But I honestly think that's that was a huge motivation for me to stay in the fitness realm and to become an educated trainer and then go out and continue moving. So really everything does happen for a reason. I think it's funny too, because nine out of 10 trainers, coaches, whoever in the fitness industry have some injury or emotional disorder with food or some, some bad situation that caused them to actually totally excel in the fitness industry. Oh, totally. We all have a story and kind of like, I think it's always something that I draw back on and injuries for me, um, are always something that I realize now is my body trying to teach me a lesson or show me something. So I try to get to the point where I'm learning it faster than getting an injury. But still to this day, when an injury happens, I like pause everything what is going on in my life? Uh-huh. What do I need to take a deeper look at and dive into and then go from there? And, you know, that's really, I, that's really how I heal myself. So hopefully I'm, you know, working through things and not trying to get as many injuries as I used to have now. And um, I can get on top of them faster. But, yeah. So what was the injury in college? Um, oh, my God. I had, I tore my labrum in my shoulder. I had stress fractures in um, my hip. I, it was just like one thing after another. Shit. But what it really was was I came from soccer, and I had never stepped into the weight room in high school. And so when I went to college, that's what a huge part of track and right. field is. And so um, I take to weights really quickly, and that was really exciting for the strength and conditioning coach. And he just wasn't communicating with my track and field coach what was going on. So I was just really overtrained. And graduating, what I realized was, I mean, it took me four years to realize that, but I had allowed my coaches, which were men throughout my entire career, to dictate how I was taking care of my body and what I was doing. And it was just this defining moment of like, I want to learn about my body. I want to be able to take care of myself and get in tune with myself and do what I need to do instead of, you know, like listening to what other people are telling me to do. I think like, and we talked about this last time, you can't put your views or what you're excited about on your client. Mm -hmm. Like if you get too excited and especially when you have multiple coaches, it becomes so hard to balance the two. And especially if they're not communicating. Right. Right. So, um, how do you, how do you teach people about awareness then? Because I think a lot of people do not have enough self-awareness to stop and go, Oh fuck, I'm doing too much or I'm overtraining or I'm not getting enough sleep. I have too much external stress in my life. How do how did you kind of master that self-awareness? Cause I find you as like a pretty self-aware person for being so involved in entrepreneurship, social media, all the fitness stuff and still staying healthy and calm and like oh, positive. Right. Like you. I think that's hard. I don't know. You know, the thing is, is when I go all the way back to looking at movement and why I moved in the first place, I mean, one aspect was definitely like athletics, 
But the other aspect was I use movement as a form of getting in touch with myself. And so like connecting to myself and figuring out myself. And so for me, movement has always been cultivating that relationship with myself. And so I honestly think it's the reason why I am in touch with myself. So I learn a lot when it comes to my training sessions. I learn a lot about myself and then I take that and I apply it into the real world. So Movement is what keeps me grounded, and I think I don't know how to quite even explain how that's helped me stay connected to like who I am as a human being. I know this sounds weird, but a lot of times I'll explain it as I see myself as two people. One is like the actual body, and then the other one is like who I am as a human, whether you want to call it the soul or whatever name. And so using that relationship and always trying to keep that relationship in harmony has been my goal. And, and my biggest tool for doing that has been movement. So movement's been my biggest teacher basically in life. Are you a, are you a pretty spiritual person? You know, cause I I'm mean, there's a, a, like, to paint the picture, we got like <laughs> some Hindu stuff, <laughs> some stones from I'm not, <laughs> the I'm temple into of crystals. doom. I'm into crystals. You know, that's the first I'm thing not, I thought I was like, is that Indiana Jones? Shit no. Okay. Well, the thing is I'm not, I am, I'm, I guess you would say I'm spiritual. I, I believe in something bigger right. than, you know, like in, in the world that there's something bigger and a higher power. Um, I don't, I'm not religious and like I go to church. Um, but I do believe in something bigger than myself for sure. So how do you relate that to your life? Like, are there daily practices? Do you meditate? Do you journal? Like I, I personally, I'm the same way. I'm not super religious, but I am spiritual and I believe in more like positive affirmations and journaling and meditation and, and like going on walks with no headphones, no nothing and just going and stuff like that. Just to like be in tune with myself spiritually. Yeah. Like, do you have any practices that you do throughout the week? It's the thing I need to work on the most. Honestly, I think for me, it's the first thing that falls to the wayside when life is crazy and, busy and hectic myself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's the most important thing. So, um, it's one thing that I've really been working on. I do not believe in new year's resolutions at all, but it was just like January is also the, my birthday month. And so I just have this thing about I'm turning, I turned 32 and there's like some things I want to focus on this year. And one of them is taking care of myself and putting myself first, you know? So I think that in looking at the whole kind of holistically, what I do to take care of myself, I do the movement, I do nutrition well, but I don't do that kind of like mind body, um, aspect well. So taking time away from, I literally take time away from people, take time away from, you know, like social media, even I'll, I'll, I'm getting better at turning my phone off, turning it away and not being on it for a while. So just putting myself first and knowing that that's like a crucial aspect of staying healthy. It's the first thing that falls off on any entrepreneur. Every time, yeah. oh, every time I've done any, I mean, like, you know, this, I've been in like coaching groups or mentorship or treats and stuff like that. Every single guy's issue is always, and this goes for women too. I just was always in guy groups, um, is taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Like the first thing that slips is like self-help, self-development, like just doing mm -hmm. like, when was the last time, and you might be able to answer this good, hopefully, like when was the last time you did something fun for yourself? Oh no. I mean, my coach is on me on a daily basis. So good. Like, what are you going to do today? What are you going to do this weekend? How are you going to relax? How are you going to do something? But the thing about the personal training and just like health and, and fitness in general is we're a lot of people in this industry are caretakers, you know, mm -hmm. like we get into this industry because we are innately people that want to help other people. Yeah. And so by doing that, it's like, you know, you are just apt to like give yourself, give yourself, give yourself and then forget about yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's just, I think for most personal trainers, we can all say that that's like one of our biggest kind of, um, lessons in life is to like put ourselves first before yeah. you can't give anything if you're not, you know, a healthy yeah. human it's being. the cheesy air airport thing or air, uh, airplane thing. Put your mask on first. Exactly. Right. And, and it yeah. sounds so cheesy, but it's so, it's so true. And yeah. I, I think, uh, I have a few mentor clients that I help and 
I make them schedule one fun thing every single week that they're going to do. Yeah, and that it. was that was something that my mentor gave me to do, and it just changed everything. It got me into skateboarding again, hiking, just whatever. Yeah. Go watch a movie by yourself. But if you don't do that and, – and I talk to uh, – I mean I train a lot of women and a lot of them are moms. And this is why I can relate to them because I'm like you give all your energy to your husband, your kids, your family, uh, schoolwork, your job, whatever it may be. Yeah. Like what do you do for yourself? Yeah. Like and you have to constantly do stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? This sounds small but one of the things um, – so I see a naturopath and we were working on some things. And one of the things he was saying to me is like I realize that I can't ask you to give yourself like an hour break you know, several times a day. But what I'm asking is five minutes like for – for me, my goal right now is to step outside and get some daylight for five minutes every, you know, several hours. And then that's a doable thing. So mm -hmm. I think it's in whatever way, shape or form you can start making the small steps now. And, you know, hopefully they become larger. So, and this is something I do every day is I just go on a walk in the morning and yeah. it sometimes, like you said, sometimes I only have five minutes, but five minutes and, and I go at, by the time I actually get outside, it's probably like 6 a.m. But Woo! it's, I know I'm, I'm an early <laughs> riser. I'm up at five. I so can. it's like. But here, you know what the thing is, too? It's funny. So, like, I used to always be a night owl, and then I met Shannon, and Shannon is not a night owl. Um, so she used to, like, be in bed by, like, 10. We'd, like, lay down, oh, watch Lord. TV, all that stuff. So we'd fall asleep around, like, 11. And then she got <laughs> pregnant. And it's, like, dinner at 5. She's tired at 7 at the late. And I'm, like, damn, this is she crazy. switched your whole life up. Oh, yeah. So um, and I, there's no way she gets me in bed by 7. But – I started sleeping earlier and I've actually gotten more sleep since she got pregnant because I sleep like a baby, but way more hours. And that's allowed me to get up at five and it's literally changed my life. Cause I get up, I journal, I write my gratitude. I do my coffee with my vital proteins, collagen, hey. shout out to you. <laughs> um, and then I go on a walk and it's like almost still dark out. Nobody's out there. Like, uh, actually the other day <laughs> I was walking back and this old Russian dude is standing on his porch and I didn't even see him cause nobody's out at five 6 AM. Right. Yeah. And I get this, like, like I'm about to cross the street, so I'm kind of looking both ways. So I stopped, and I just got this big whiff of weed. And I, like, turn, and there's this old dude smoking a blunt on his, on his porch. Oh, no. I was like, I look at him. I was like, dude, it's 5.50 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, my God. But that might be his night. You have no idea what hey, his life is. I, I, you know I what? And I go on my walk. He smokes his blunt. I'm like, I'm not going to eat. But that's changed everything. And I'll even meditate. So I was actually just having a, um, a conversation with my um, assistant, and she – she has two kids and a husband, obviously, who works, and she her only job right now is assistant work, and then she trains. She's doing her nutrition. She watches her sister's kid during the day, so she has three babies there. Whoa. It's crazy. Beast mode. And so we were talking about trying to balance things, and she was like, I just don't have time in the day. And I was like, I meditate five minutes at most usually because it's five minutes to just breathe yeah. to do anything. Um so, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm still curious on how you balance all that. I, mean, I is don't. There... I mean, straight up, I don't. Let's, so how do let's you even – So how, how can you stay sane then? Um, I, well, I think the thing is, is like I have priorities. I make sure that I move every single day. I make sure that I eat really well. Um, and I try to keep things as simple as I possibly can. I get enough sleep. So I do like to stay up later, but I make sure that my, like I'm getting at least seven plus hours Good. and that makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I drink a lot of water, so I do all the basic things that I possibly can, um, or that I feel like I can do. And then I try to fit small things into the day, but habits are formed by like trying to make a mini step forward. And so for me, like the one that I'm really working on right now is pausing everything that I'm doing 
getting up, putting on a jacket and standing outside right now. Like that's, that's just something that I'm trying to do. And for me to be able to do that for a week was like a huge accomplishment. Mm -hmm. So next week I may be able to add more time week after that. I may be able to make it an hour that I go and walk. Like, I just think it's, I think people need to make things really, really doable. Like for your assistant, it's like, what can she possibly do? Could she take a minute for herself when the kids are asleep or when the kids are eating or like, what is it that she can possibly do? And I literally mean like a minute or three or five, whatever it possibly can um, be that fits in your day. This also goes to movement though, because people are always saying to me, you know, I work nine to five, I'm sitting at a desk, I'm exhausted after I leave. And I'm like, you know what? A doable thing for you to do though, is to add movement in your day. So how many times do you get up and go walk to the bathroom? Can you take the longer route to the bathroom? Can you take the stairs when you're going up and down or, you know, things like that, like make it really, really doable. We're trying to change our lives in a matter of a day and it's not going to happen. Well, I like the simple approach too, because if you were to say, okay, in an ideal world, you would actually be outside for 20 minutes because you want more sunlight, whatever. And you were like, Hey, 20 minutes a day. And then you stood out there for 15 because you didn't have full 20 minutes. You just failed. Right. Because you only, you only did 15, but realistically you were doing zero before. So it's actually a huge success. And I see a lot of people that are like, okay, January 1st, for example, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And they only do two of those three things and they feel like they failed and then they quit. But I'm like, yo, you just did two things that you haven't done in a year. Changing your perspective is everything. It's huge. So at what point have you always been this way? Like, I mean, have you always been like grinding? Have you always been hustling? Always been, you said you moved a lot. But I'm curious of what caught the bug to be an entrepreneur because I see a lot of people that like, – I, I don't feel like anybody just falls into that. They yeah. usually have that since day one. Like there's something in them. I mean <laughs> my mom would answer this question better. But from day <laughs> one – like listen, I've been my own person. I you know, do my own thing. I set my own rules. I have really high expectations you know, with, within myself. So it wasn't like I didn't need my parents to really be on top of me. Were you like a, a problem child, a little brat or I something? I wasn't a problem child. That's not, you know, I, I think I had my own issues. You know, I have, you know, I have my own stuff. But the like thing rules. was, I don't <laughs> like rules. I just like doing things my way, you know, but I was, a, I was a good child. Listen, I got good grades. I did what I needed to do. But I think it, the thing for me was like, I just really had things from the very beginning of like how I wanted to do them mm-hmm. and how I wanted to live my life. And, um, I, I really honestly feel like personal training and how everything ended up happening was for a reason. And so for me, it was always like, I just, I didn't do well with people telling me how I needed to work and what I needed to do there. And the biggest thing for me also was like the cap that was put on that. Like, I want to be able to work as hard as I possibly want, make as much money as I possibly want, do all the things that I wanted to do. You know, I worked in a system, um, my first job in personal training, and it was like, this is how you do it. This is how you train the client. This is like what you tell them to eat. This is just how it all is structured. And I was like, well, that's just not really what I want to do. So for me, it's always been inside of me. Like, I know that I want to do things different and I want to do them my way. Not saying it's always the best way, but um, I've always had that inside of me. And so I think it's just this thing, and I'm always trying to achieve something, you know, to the next level. And I just, the ceiling when it comes to like a nine to five job just was never for me. So I was going to pick a career that, you know, allowed me to do my own thing for sure. So did you always know it was fitness? So let's go back. Cause like, no. obviously, okay. So no. So no. you were in college at this yeah. point, you were injured, but you were still I part mean, of the track team. Listen. What were you planning on doing? <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be a professional athlete. Let's just put that out there. I for sure, for sure thought that I was going to be a professional athlete my entire life. Like that was that was the track thing. or soccer. Um, can you hear me still? 
Yeah. Did I turn you down that yeah, much? Turn me down that Mine's hella loud. I, my bad. No, you're good. You're good. No, I felt like I was, to no, be honest with you. I am loud. I had to turn my level down. Um, no, it was soccer. So you I good grew now? yeah, I'm right, I cool. good. Right. Um I grew up in the Mia Ham like era. So I was really oh, yeah. you know, this was She was the shit. Oh, she, she was, was on every box of Wheaties. She was everything. <laughs> and so I was like, that was what I was working for. I've always had goals. Like I'm a very goal oriented person. Like set something in front of me, uh, women's world cup, Mia Ham, I was gonna be the next one. So um my vision was always that I was going to be a professional athlete. Like I didn't think that through because female athletes actually don't really get paid that much anyway. So it probably never would have been a career had I made it there. It's sad too. Cause especially in soccer, to be honest with you, some of those, most of those women athletes are actually better than the males. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I'll never forget. My soccer. dad, my dad invited me over for the soccer game and we're big Sounders fans. So I'm assuming we're watching the Sounders and I get there and it's a female soccer game. And I'm like, what are we watching? And he was like, oh, dude, these guys, they're way more badass than the way men. Way more beautiful. He has a beer. He's watching the, the USA yes. females. So I was like, oh, shit, let's do it. I drove dad. out here. Yes. But anyway, so so when at what point did you decide, like, oh, shit, okay, soccer is not going to be the thing? Um, You know, I didn't – it got decided for me, basically. You know, so I, in high school when I graduated, I just was – I had the offer to go D1. So I, I went track instead. And then when my track career didn't pan out in college – um, the next move was what What am I going to do for work? And so when I graduated, I honestly thought I was going to go back to school to become a social worker. And so I did a lot of um, informational interviews with people in that field. And I just got this overwhelming sense like this just was not for me. Um, and so I had to go back to the drawing board and like what was I possibly going to do? And I was nannying at that point in time. And the lady that I was um, nannying for basically asked me to coach a boot camp for her ladies. And I, for some reason, you know, I said, yes, of course I'll do it. And then I fell in love with it. Like literally day one, I was out there and it wasn't the aspect of like really the movement part, but it was the cheerleading. Like I Coaching loved, and yelling and motivating. Yes. Like I just love, I just like at that moment I realized I missed my calling and I should have been a cheerleader in life, but it was that perfect thing for me of, of like, I felt alive. And it was that, it was like the first spark where I felt like something um, that athletics had given me, I'm now getting in another aspect of my life. And so. And how old are you at this point? I am 22. How old okay. are you in graduate college? Yeah. So almost 10 years ago or just yeah. 10 years ago? Yeah. The reason I, I, I wanted to say that is because a lot of people see Instagram fame. They see, and I get this all the time, like people ask how to get into online coaching. Mm. And I'm like, dude, years and years of coaching and free content and putting information out there. And like, you've been doing this for 10 years. Oh, yeah. See, this is a big topic. And a lot of young trainers that are coming up, like I'll sit down and have coffee and, and try to help them. But I never came up, and I don't think you ever came up, in the world of social media. Like becoming a fitness influencer, mm-hmm. quote unquote, was never even a thing. Like, what does that possibly right. mean? So that was never in my mindset. That was never in my day-to-day grind mode of be- like wanting to become that. I have always, no matter what I'm doing, I want to become the best. Like that's just in me innately. And so I think for, you know, when it came to personal training, then it was like, okay, well, how can I be the best trainer in the world? And when I was a young girl coming into that field, Jillian Michaels was just like busting out onto the scene. And so I was trying to be like how my, literally I said to my mentor, like, I'm trying to be the next Jillian Michaels. And so I think for me, I just set a goal. Like I'm trying to be, you know, somebody that the world is in a household name and the world knows when it comes to movement. Um, but going back to that, it was never about, it was the grind was day in and day out for seven years. When did social media come along day in and day out? I ran my own business. I worked 
10, 12 hour days when something wasn't working for me, like the gym I was working at, I decided to do the next level and open my own business. When I wasn't fully content there, I went back to UW um, and I went and got my master's in sports performance, thought I wanted to go there. So I have always been trying to achieve the next level of when it comes now to health and fitness. So um, it has nothing to do with social media that came along and now, you know, it's completely changed the path that I'm going, but that was never the motivation behind my grind. Well, and I think like we talk about, everybody talks about like work-life balance. Part of me thinks there is none to be honest with you. Right. Um, and I think that someone was, t- I just had on the podcast was talking about this. Um, I don't know if they'll be aired on, on when this comes out, but he was saying like, there's no, like you can't just balance things out like 20% here, 20% here, 20% here. You have to put all like 80% on this one thing and just like, just make sure this is maintaining. And a lot of times like people who are very successful, if you ask them, they had no balance. Oh yeah. For and sure. I think you have to be willing to go through that, to be honest with you. Like, I think that like, I'm just now learning and it's almost being forced upon me, right? I'm having a child and Shannon is like a very strong minded, strong willed person. And she's like, you're going to give me time whether you like it or not. And thank God for her because it's calms me down. But if I didn't have her in my life, I probably would still have no balance because I'll just like go, 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 go. So I think you have to fall in love with that grind. Yeah. And I, you know, this has always been something for me. I mean, I was the girl that went after, like I would wake up early, I'd go for my run. And this is like, this is in, you know, maybe late middle school or high school, but I was so dedicated and focused and people would call it obsessed, like, you know, whatever you want to call it, put a name on it. But, um, and then after I would get all my schoolwork done after school, I would go and practice all my soccer skills and I would go to practice. Like, so it's, it's been in me and it's the thing that keeps me alive. So people that don't understand that can say like, well, you're obsessed or that's not healthy and there's no balance. But I'm like, this is what keeps me balanced. This is what fuels me in life. And my goal in life is to do some really epic, amazing, great things. And it takes a lot of work to get there. And so I've now learned to like, if you don't understand it or, you know, you, you're not cool with my unbalanced life, then you're probably not going to be in my life. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm always working to make sure that I'm, uh, taking care of myself. So finding balance in that way, but I will never have a work, you know, and then quote unquote normal life balance. It's just yeah. not going to be that way. Well, and I think if you love it, it's, it, and this is the hard part for me that I battle with is because I love creating content, but it is work. So part of me is like, well, I want to do this, but then sometimes I do too much and I'm like, how do I balance that? Right. How do I tell myself like, I love to train, but I can't train every day balls to the wall, even though I love it because I'm going to hurt myself. And I know if I go too hard on content and business and all that stuff, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's this really, like for me, it's all, um, it all kind of like goes together. So if I'm not taking care of myself, I actually like my work, it's very evident if I am sleep deprived or, you know, I don't have good fuel in me or I've just been sitting at the computer too long. It's very evident in my workout. So I can't like, I can't physically do things. I'm like falling apart a little bit too fast. So I know it right away. And so I know I have to go back and make some adjustments. So I'm the goal of staying balanced is for sure something that I'm always working on, but staying balanced within the sphere of like myself and my health, not really in the sphere of like what socially I'm doing and then work-wise and stuff like that. So I'd be curious how you balance uh, how much energy you give to others. Because I think we've had this conversation. I was just telling Travis about this because other people are starting to reach out to him for stuff. Um, it's hard to say no. Yeah. And I think that bit me in the ass because I didn't have a lot of people asking me for things at one point in time. So I said yes to everybody and I loved it. And then it got kind of crazy and then it gets to a point where I'm getting burnt out for just helping people. Um, and then I can't help people as much, right? So totally. how do I mean? I know that shit hit you hard once things started to really blow up. Yeah. How do you even 
look at that? It's really hard because obviously, again, going back, like we're, you know, we're the people that want to help other people. And especially when you have people asking you questions and you think like, oh, if I just answer this question, like I'm going to help her get back into movement and this and that. But for me, it was really a moment of like, I will spend my entire day trying to answer questions and will never satisfy everybody and will never even get to all of them. So I have balance. Like, so when it comes specifically to social media, I have balance of spending maybe half an hour every several hours trying to answer questions and stuff. And that's still right now too much. Like the rest of my teams get off of it right now, but, um, I'm still working on that. I think the thing is, is like, I just know that I'm a person that wants to help other people. And one of the biggest things for me then is to make sure that I'm happy and healthy so that I have energy to go and do that. And it's always going to be a piece of me. It's always going to be a piece of me that wants to go and help others. And so I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to have full balance there. Well, and that's how it grew, right? I mean, totally. you have to engage, you have to talk back. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think regardless, like you're going to have to put some of that energy forward. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, sorry for the brief interruption, but I do want to take a moment to mention my sponsor, Health IQ. You can go apply for a free quote today to see what exclusive rate you could get for being a healthy individual at healthiq.com slash boom boom. Or you can talk to an agent directly if you want more information and you can use the promo code boom boom to get that exclusive rate. Health IQ is the fastest growing life insurance agency in the entire country. And the reason for that is simple. They are extremely smart and they're doing something extremely beneficial for anybody who is physically active and health conscious. And I know that 99% of the people listening to this, probably even 100%, fall into both of those categories. 56% of the customers who do use Health IQ save between 4 and 33% on life insurance, which basically means we're almost guaranteed to have more money in our pocket because we are investing our hard-earned time and money being physically fit or just generally healthy and that's exactly what they recognize and that's why they reward us with that they also recognize that people who work out have a 56 percent lower risk of heart disease 20 percent lower risk of cancer and a 58 percent lower risk of diabetes compared to anybody who is not physically active so again we are training hard we're investing our hard-earned money we're investing our time and we are trying actively to be physically fit and we deserve to be rewarded for that well unlike other life insurance agencies Health IQ makes sure that you are being rewarded for that by finding you the best policy rate. In fact, Health IQ goes the extra mile and they actually look up studies. They go deep into the science and they take real data that proves that we are going to live longer and we are going to live a better life because we are physically fit. And they use this science and data to prove that and get us an exclusive rate. So again, I'm super pumped to have Health IQ on the show sponsoring us because they're doing something life-changing. They're saving us a ton of money and they're just being generally a good business. Good people filled in that business too. And like just talking to them on the phone, it was nice to hear how they go about business. So I'm super pumped to be partnering with them and getting you guys an exclusive rate for being a listener and going out of your way to be healthier. You can go to healthiq.com slash boom boom and get a free quote today, which I highly suggest. And if you want a chance to save and get an exclusive rate, talk to an agent on the phone and mention the promo code boom boom. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. So let's go back. You are a busy ass kid. You're always moving, getting into trouble. 
Not trouble. Take okay. that one away. Okay. So you just uh, acted. Let's just say that. Um, I was the same way. I was the same way. Um, and then you get into high school. Then you get yeah. into college. And now things are starting to – or you just get done. Is this when Too Bad Body started or the yes. boot camp thing happened before that? No. Well, so it was all right at the same time. So um, Too Bad Bodies was with my friend at the time, Jennifer. Um, and she did track and field at UW too. And so um, when we had graduated, we actually were working for um, – I won't say the name – an energy drink company out here in Seattle. And so we just kind of like, uh, we formed a really close relationship and then realized like, you know, we still wanted to figure out ways to move. Then we did the boot camp together and then it just kind of all unfolded. We became personal trainers together. Um, and then I, it had to have been several years into us being personal trainers that people kept asking us. This was right when social media was happening. People kept, kept asking us like, what do you guys do with your workouts? Like, I want to know, I want to know, I want the inside scoop. So we just started um, putting them on social media. And then that's when two bad bodies grew. And I think that was alive for a year or two. How big did that get? Like, I mean, followers, well, were you doing business? About, yeah. So the thing about two bad bodies was it, we did become a business. Um, and we were kind of like, everything happens with timing. And we were on that wave when social media was happening. And so I think we just grabbed at, right at the tip of the wave at the perfect right. timing. And we just blew up really fast. And I think it was cool. People liked seeing like, you know, it was two strong females doing like in sync movements. It was all like, you know, it just all looked really cool. And um, we got... We got shouted out by Michelle Obama. We were on Vogue. Like, we did a lot of really cool things. Um, and we ended up just going our separate ways, I think, a year and a half into that. And so that's, for me, when KaisaFit kind of was born. And you had to build it all from scratch again. I did build it all from scratch. I did. Was there a point where you were kind of like, fuck, do I want to try to get into this? Like, I have to start from scratch. I had to get up from the bottom. Or was it no questions asked? Like, this is what I got to do. I'm just going to keep going. You know, I don't, I think that there was definitely a point of like, wow, I can't believe that this, like, I feel like died is like a harsh word, but like that this ended and that I, I, you know, have to start from the beginning again. It's always hard when you've gotten to a certain point to go back to the beginning and knowing how much work it is to get to that point. You got to be, you know, like ready to put in that much work and more. Um, But I've always, again, like I said, I just have this like to sound kind of corny, this like burning flame of desire inside of me to be doing something really, really big. And I saw the power with two bad bodies. I saw the power that social media had and it had, it hit me in the way of like, I wanted to be able to speak and motivate and, you know, help people on a larger scale. And as a personal trainer, you only have so many hours within your day. And so when social media came along, I witnessed that, um, with the old account and it just was this thing. It was like that burning desire inside of me that I would like, if I could make this something, I can speak to more people. And so that was always my motivation behind everything that I did, but it was a year and a half plus of like grinding. Like I was still working. I was personal training. I was creating content. I was running. I mean, still to this day, I edit and do all my own content, but like I was doing all of that day in and day out, but I just had a bigger goal. And it just, I mean, did that one take off as fast as Two Bad Bodies? No. No, No, not as fast. I think Two Bad Bodies was just so unique and beautiful. And it's still to this day, like, I just love everything that we had created. And it had its own special energy. Like, there's something really powerful about two women, like, you know, supporting and and lifting each other up. So I think that was just its own special thing. Um, And luckily, I never, like, with when developing the Kaisa Fit one, I never really tried to compare it to that. I was like, I'm just going to do, it's now me on my own, sharing my own journey. And I'm just going to keep it that way. Um, but no, it did not build up as fast and, um, you know, it was just a longer process, but 
we're in a good space now. Did you ever have the vision of doing, because you do like in-person events now where you mm-hmm. got tons of people in the crowd. You did stuff with your once upon a time idol, right? Like, yeah. um, did you ever have a vision of like, you know, one day I'm going to be on the cover of a fucking magazine or I'm going to be in front of thousands of people. Like, was that yeah. the vision? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I just, sometimes it's uncomfortable for me to say, but like, I really always had this vision of becoming somebody. And in my mind, when I was younger, somebody was a famous professional athlete. And, you know, I had that Mia Hamm, you know, in my mind, like I'm going to become the next one. But that also meant to me that I was going to be known like worldwide. And so when that didn't happen, it wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a professional athlete. Now my world is crushed. It was like, okay, well, what's the next thing that's going to yeah. get me into, you know, like a household name. And so that's when luckily fitness came along. And I just think it's now, you know, everything happened for a reason. And looking back, like I'm supposed to be here. I can't quite say that my goal now is to be the most famous person in, in you know, like fitness. No, not at all. Um, but I do think it's still like, it's amazing to look back and be like some of the things that I never even thought were possible, AKA coaching with Jillian Michaels are, you know, are happening now in my world. So it's pretty, I think it's cool too, because like you just kept going and there was roadblocks and you just course corrected, right? All your injuries, um, completely different career change, two bad bodies stopping, like all these different things that came in your life. That normally people would be like, oh, well, okay, that's a sign. Like, I should probably stop. And you're just like, <laughs> nope, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> I don't listen to the signs. When I'm stuck on something, when I have a vision for something or a feeling for something, listen, no little roadblock is going to get in my way. It's not going to happen. Um, but it's definitely like I've had to learn with, to roll with the punches to like, you know, when you fall down to get back up quicker. Um, and, you know, changing direction is the name of the game. If something's not working, it doesn't, for me, it's not a sign of like, you know, okay, stop everything and like, you know, redo your life in a different direction it's like how can I just get around this then how can I tweak something do something slightly different and that's why I also have this thing I've never it's a learning lesson for me to be um to take a moment and to be really grateful and thankful and like you know almost like pat myself on the back for like where I am in the moment and and I'm learning to do that but I also have this kind of thing inside of me that's always trying to achieve the next thing and so it's this it's a positive but sometimes it's a negative you know because if you're always trying to achieve and get to the next level then you never actually realize what you've achieved and where you came from so finding the balance there is is important I love that and I have same exact thing with me and I think uh, like you said it's a gift and a curse because if you're constantly setting new goals you're just going to keep going keep going keep going you're going to keep achieving more but I do think you're going to get burnt out if Mm -hmm. you don't stop and appreciate the wins along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And most people in either one of our cases will set a new goal before they even hit their current goal. And then by the time they reach their goal, they're already thinking about the next thing. So it's kind of like whatever and just keep going. Yeah. Well, no, this is definitely me in a nutshell. But what I've, I'm a huge believer in like energy. And so if you, once you do that and then you set the next goal, you left, there's no longer the energy into the original goal that you set and you're already moving on. So now your energy is displaced all over the place. And so for me, it's really like focusing on, okay, this is something that I wanted to do. I wanted to create this. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to keep all my energy here until I've achieved that goal or created the thing that I wanted to create and then I'm going to move on to the next one. But listen, I'm saying this, it's easier to speak about it than to actually do it. I'm definitely one of like, and the next and the next and the next. Well, it's cool too, because like you said, from the get go, you've always had this big vision. And I think a lot of people, 
they don't know how to vision that big because they doubt that they are capable of doing that. And we can mm-hmm. regress that down to the simple fact of losing 50 pounds. Somebody just wants to be lean. They see you on a cover of a magazine or on Instagram, and they're just like, there's no way in hell I would ever do that. You know, but the thing, this is where I'm going to attribute movement. For me, move, it always came back to movement allowed me, and I think it teaches me still on a daily basis, to work through boundaries, to push through things, to get to new levels. It shows me you know, like what work and believing yourself, like what can really happen. And that then what happens for me in the gym or outside, wherever I'm moving is then applied to real life. And I feel like if you were to ask me where, you know, my confidence or my belief in myself come from, comes from, it comes from movement. That's where it all started to me. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to go and move. You can find it wherever you want. But for me, movement was always the source of my, um, like my confidence and my belief in myself. And when things were hard, I went back to movement in, in the beginning, it was a sport and now it's just movement in general. But I think that's always been my backbone. So I, I'd be curious about like how you challenge yourself in your workouts, because as you know, I jumped into CrossFit not too long ago, yeah. which we had some funny conversations about. Um, and the one thing I loved about it is that I walked in that gym and I was like, there is no fucking way I'm going to do this. Like, I'm not going to be able to finish this workout because I'm not conditioned well. Like, I don't know the moves and stuff, but I made it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Like, that wasn't that bad. Like, and then I, the next time I upped the weight and I pushed it a little bit harder. Like, mind you, people listening, I did CrossFit twice a week. Like, I, I wasn't there every day and I yeah. don't advise people to be. But the point was is it is extremely hard and it's extremely intense. And if you do it with the right form and the right weights, you're not going to get hurt if you do it right. But it like there was like a mental switch in my head that I was like, man, there's probably a lot more in my life that I could probably push myself a little bit harder in. Yeah. Well, so for me, it's not exactly pushing myself like beast mode anymore. It's actually more difficult to rein myself in. Um, and so what I figured, and literally I've done this a little bit better and like only within the past year, let's be honest, is trying new forms of movement. Mm-hmm. And so, and pushing myself and making myself almost like being really uncomfortable. Like I did dance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> listen, I have always had this vision of wanting to become like a da- Like I just want to be able to move in that way. Yeah. And so I thought if I took some private dance lessons that I would like be able to like, you know, move a little bit. Oh no. You're Lord, born with it. No, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. I'm like, this is the worst thing ever, but it was perfect for me because it, it taught me like I can dedicate time and energy. I'm not going to be perfect at something. And that was a learning lesson in and of itself yeah. to learn, to be okay with that. But it pushed me outside of my boundaries. And I'm always, I just feel like movement is such that little, it's this little bubble where you get to learn so much about yourself and the tools that you learn when you're moving or when I'm uncomfortable in a dance lesson, I take those then and know how to apply them or know how to get through weird situations in my day-to-day life. And so for me, it's always, I've always learned, I feel like everything about myself in the movement bubble. It always comes back to like body awareness, right? And when you, I think that's like a really powerful thing with dancing is a great example because you go to dance and you realize you don't know how to move your body very well, um, which is really funny because I've had somebody ask me like, if you could have any power, I'll never forget this. I was like, I would, if I could have any power, I would sing and dance like fucking Usher or something. Yes. They're just like, what? Like yeah. you wouldn't fly or anything. I'm like, man, how cool would it be if you could just crush it on the dance floor? But I think like, uh, that's something that really is really inspiring about you is like, you're so in tune with your body from how you eat to how you're trained to like your recovery strategies and everything like that. And just balancing life. Like how do you go about that? Or what's your philosophy of body awareness in general? I mean, I listen, I think 
my body tells me everything about what's going on in life. Like, and I think that that is something that I've learned. I have not had balance. I have not had body awareness. Like that is something that I've learned over the course, I think really over the course of like maybe the last five years. So when I was done with um, track and field and after I recovered from my injuries, I still had this thing of like, I wanted to compete. So I did go into CrossFit and I tried to do stuff there and my body was just falling apart. So it was the last moment for me of like, you are going to trash your body and never move again, Mm -hmm. or you're going to decide to make a decision right now and take care of yourself. So at that moment, I left all like what I would say, like coaching sports and went into moving and taking care of myself and being really trying to get really educated about movement, applying that to myself and then starting the journey of like really trying to get connected and really understand myself on a day to day basis. And for me, it was like, it started with movement, but then it was like, how does everything in my life affect me? How does it make me feel? And a lot of it is like, you have to be your own guinea pig. There's so much out there in the world of health and fitness that tells you how to take care of yourself. But at the end of the day, if you're not in tune with like, okay, let's take like gluten, for example, everybody says, take out gluten. You're going to be healthier. Gluten may not really affect you. It may not have anything to do with that. Like people need to be, they need to be their own like scientists, I guess, when it comes to your body, you need to be able to stay like, you know, keep everybody's um, chatter quiet for a minute and really just focus on yourself and figure out what works for you. I'm not saying like, you know, there's, if you're not educated in movement, of course, like, you know, read about it or go get a trainer or whatever. But I think that there's something to be said of like, you're your own best teacher, you know? I think you have to ask yourself questions, right? Like people always ask, uh, or like I'll get clients to ask about gluten or dairy or whatever. Should I have this? Can I have this? And I always ask like, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. Like when you eat it, you know what I mean? And if you tell me that you feel fine, then just keep fucking eating it. Who cares? Right? So a lot of people are afraid to ask themselves that question because they want to Google everything or they want to reach out to somebody, which is great. I think coaching is that's obviously what I do, but I, t- I think the most powerful thing about coaching is accountability. Yeah. I think you need to be able to ask yourself those questions, right? Well, and hopefully if you're a good coach, like I always say, a good coach or a good teacher, like you want your your students or your clients to like not need you one day. You know what I Educate mean? Educate them. Educate them. And I think, I don't know, I just think everything in life is like really is getting the tools to get connected to yourself, to like believe in yourself and have the confidence in yourself to know that, you know, you can take care of yourself the best, you know, better than anybody possibly can. Right. And I think that's, more so for me also as a trainer, that's what it became. Like I became the person that just wanted to help people believe in themselves. Like literally I missed my calling. I should have been a professional cheerleader, but that's really what it was all about to me. I use movement as my tool to help people with that, but I'm not, I just don't ever, it's for me, it's a little too narrow minded when it comes to like, I'm just a fitness professional. I'm not. Right. So, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I've heard this. I mean, you've probably heard this too. Like your body is a temple kind of thing. Mm -hmm. When I think of you, I kind of get that image. Like you treat your body how you believe it should be treated for the longevity side of things instead of saying, you know, in 90 days, I'm going to be right here. And I think setting goals is great. Um, So how do you view like the body? Well, listen, I've had very, I've had an ongoing relationship with my body, positive, negative, up and down. I rode the roller coaster um, forever. And a, a lot of like what my body, what it started off was in, in middle school or grade school, even younger, I am genetically more muscular. And so growing up and I was an athlete. And so I just gravitated towards, you know, hanging out with the guys and doing the sports and I had to deal with what came with like what my body looked like. People would say certain things or whatever. And back then strong wasn't beautiful. It wasn't the thing, you know? So it was like, I was considered very manly and masculine growing up. And in middle school, that's like, that can really break you. And so for me, I had to come to grips with the fact of like my body looked this way, 
Um, and it, that's what allowed me to go do all the awesome things that I wanted to do physically and on the, the soccer field. And so at that moment, I developed a different relationship with myself and with my body. And I just had to be like really proud and grateful for all the things that it did for me. And then that kind of carried through. Um, and I've always had it's not always been positive. Let me be real because I've had moments in athletics where I just feel like my body's failing me and I feel like I've done everything I possibly can to be the best athlete ever. And it's just not there for me the way I need it to. It's not winning me, you know, meets. And, you know, so I've had very negative relationships with my body, but most recently I was playing in a soccer game and recently being two years ago, it was just a co-ed soccer game and I got kicked in the leg and it broke my leg. And I just did a post about this on social media, but that was the most like life changing, like talk about like something needed to happen really aggressively for me to see that I needed to, to make a turn. And for me, it was the moment of like, wow, I've really, even up until this point, still been taking my body for granted. Like I don't treat it the way it needs to be treated. I don't take care of it. Like I trash it in workouts and then don't recover the proper way. And so that was the, that was what I hope is the last most aggressive signal my body needed to give me to take care of myself. So since then I've gotten into a really like more well-rounded routine of taking care of myself and recognizing that my, like I need to be incredibly, incredibly grateful and thankful for what my body does for me on a daily basis, like on a daily basis, it wakes up, it gets me out there, I get moving. And it's weird to say, but like, I really honestly look at it as something different than myself. And so developing that relationship and being like grateful. And I, when I had that broken leg, I mean, I was telling that leg that I loved it every single day. I was telling my body <laughs> when you are healed, believe me, I will do anything you need me to do to keep you healthy for the rest of my life. And that was just the start of like a new direction that I needed to take. You almost need something like that to happen. Like it's, I mean, you're never going to learn how to get up if you don't fall. Right. Yeah. Like I think that, um, for me, it was something similar. Like I had the, both the knee injuries and surgeries on my, uh, my left side, but I just grew up overweight. So when I finally made a change, it was like, holy shit, what have I been doing? Mm -hmm. But if I don't, I don't think if I would have grown up overweight or had those knee injuries, it, I wouldn't have treated my body the way I treat it today. Well, I think some people, you know, listen, I'm a little thick headed when it comes to learning lessons. Like, I don't <laughs> know why they always need to be so aggressive. Yep. And I'm really trying to come to terms like, I, okay, okay. It does not need, I don't need a broken leg next time to learn the lesson of how much love I really need to give my body. And that's the thing about working out. Like for me, it was like, oh, I love my body. I go and I'm like, I work out and do stuff. And no, and I didn't, I didn't, I was trashing it and getting so mad at it because it wasn't achieving the things like then at that point in time it was CrossFit and it was like, it, I was trashing it because it wasn't, I wanted to be able to compete and do all these things. And it was like, my body was just sitting there. Like I have done everything I possibly can for you. Yeah. And you're still not like, you don't love me. You don't take care of me. And it was literally that moment of like, so it was like, screw you. Now you're going to have a broken leg and you can't move. Now how much do you love me? Yeah. So I, I really, really liked the idea of thinking of, of them as two separate entities. Yeah. Um, I had – I don't remember who it was, but somebody was talking about like – it's like the old – I think it's like an old cheesy personal trainer line. Like do you feel your uh, your car with premium or <laughs> yeah. unleaded – you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like, well, do you drive a Ferrari or yeah. how do you look at your body? But then when I really started thinking about that, like I've, I love cars. Like I've always had a nice car and like someone door dings my car. I like lose my shit, mm -hmm. right? Like do not scratch my car. Like if I curb my tires, like I don't even off-road in my fucking Jeep, which is <laughs> complete. I'm going to get shit for that one. But then you're out here treating your body like shit. Yeah. Like that's your vehicle for life. Yeah. And like when, and it, it's fucked up to say, but when you see people lose their life that are in your life, then it's like a complete different ball game, especially yeah. if that has anything to do with health. 
Yeah, this is a really hard one though because I think for me a lot of a lot of times people get into movement because they think it's going to help them love themselves more mm-hmm. and accept themselves more. And Usually I think, visually mm-hmm, speaking. Visually speaking, for sure. And I think that that's, that is an ass backwards way to look at things. And I think that for me, I always try to steer very clear about movement has, n- I do not move and movement has nothing to do with changing the way that you look. And there was a corny quote that I came across the other day that basically was saying like, you can't go and, you know, you don't go and you move to change the way or the things that you hate about yourself. Like you go and you move to take care of yourself. And it's a positive thing. But a lot of times what happens with health, health and fitness is it's a really negative thing. Like people are constantly in there with the energy of like, I hate this about myself. I hate the way that my legs look. So I'm in here trying to do all these squats and fix everything and fix everything. And we've just developed like the negative cycle just gets worse and worse. Right. So I think for me, when all of this movement and stuff comes out and like what I'm really trying to help people with is it's just another form of self-love. It's not the only thing. It's not the one thing that's going to get you there. Like I think it's really important that people look at all aspects of their life and what's really going on that is that little, you know, like thing inside of them that didn't quite heal that doesn't allow them to love themselves. But it's not going to come from changing the way that you look. And I think like that's the hard part about social media. Right, like a lot of people, and this is why, like, I love your page so much, is because there's no pictures of you flexing your abs with a burger in your hand, right? Like, and because people do that shit, and and it's tearing people apart. It's ripping people apart. I tell, I've had conversations with clients where I make them unfollow people because I'm like, they're not doing you any justice, right? So I think it's, I think it's really, really powerful what you're doing with that. Well, I really appreciate that. Thank you. I think that, um, yeah, social media is really hard because in all honesty, like it's, you know, obviously our job and that's where like our career has taken us now, but it's so negative. It's so negative and in health and fitness, it's almost like it has trashed our industry. Like I keep saying social media has made the health and fitness industry the porn industry. And it's so it is so heartbreaking because within health and fitness, a lot of times you're grabbing, you know, people at their lowest low. We are one of the fastest growing industries because we literally prey on people's like weaknesses or their insecurities. Yep. We tell them we can fix them with this product and we're making billions off of their insecurities. And now comes along social media and blast that even louder day in and day out. It comes across your page. And so it's like, of course, like I just, I have a very love hate relationship with social media. I think it's a pretty, um, it can be an pretty, a pretty intense negative space. And I do think that you have to edit yourself and edit the things that you follow. Um, and be really conscious of like the energy when you're looking at that social media, like the energy that you're putting or the things that you're basically saying to yourself by reading or seeing those pictures. Yeah. And it, we talked about um, recently auditing like your friends, right? Like auditing mm-hmm. your circle. It's the same thing with social media. Yeah. Who do you follow? Who are you liking? Who are you staying in tune with? Because that's up, and that's why like um, Trav is guilty of this. I'm gonna call you out on this one. Um, the Kardashians. That's why I fucking hate that show. It's because you just got busted. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, well, Shannon the other day was like, uh, she was talking about uh, what's the youngest one? Kylie. She just had a kid, right? Yeah. So she was like talking. I was like, she has a kid. I cannot believe we were talking about the Kardashians I know. right now. But then, then they were talking about uh, Kim's kid. And I didn't even know that there was a third one coming. And then they're, they're all having this conversation after the baby shower. And I was just thinking in my head like, thank fucking God I don't get sucked into that stuff. Because it can just be a um, – I mean, shit, that's a good question. How do you not get sucked into it? Because you have to like – do you – is it a matter of like I don't care about my competitors. I don't care about anybody who's in the fitness space. I'm just going to – 
Because, like, for me, I turned off notifications. So when I post, I get off and I don't touch it again. Yeah. Um, and I think that was really powerful for me because a lot of people will post and then they're like, okay, well, so let's see what's going on. And the next yeah. thing you know, they're scrolling for an hour. Well, no, I think, I mean, the thing is, is we're all guilty of, like, you know, finding fascination in these, like, glamorous lives that people live. Um, but I think one thing is really, like, knowing yourself. And so for me, like, I, a big learning lesson for me is being really, like, I don't set unrealistic goals for myself. I just think it's really important important to know myself. And so turning notifications off on social media was like one of the first things I had to do. Like if I feel good about something that I put out there, I'm not going to allow a like or, you know, not enough views to define how I feel about myself or about the video or whatever that I put out. But it's all about knowing yourself, right? Like if you're somebody that, uh, you know, is like, doesn't feel the best about themselves and then you fill your page with all of these, you know, like what we quote unquote think are like these gorgeous girls, it's really not positive. You know, like we should probably, you should probably know yourself well enough to know it's not going to make you feel good. Fill your page with something else or just don't be on social media at the time. But I think we, if you can get in touch with yourself and the things that make you tick, it's less about like trying to really change yourself and knowing it's more about knowing yourself and then setting yourself up for success. I love that. That's huge. Let's, uh, uh, before we wrap up, I want to get. Oh my we, god, we're already wrapping up. No, we got up? some time, oh. but I had a lot of questions come in, so <laughs> okay. I want to get to the questions because okay. I obviously I put it on Instagram that okay. I was going to be with you, and there I was a bunch. Sit, I could sit here all day. Oh, I know we will too, um, but I know you got an appointment, so we're not going to do that. Okay. Um, but one of the questions that came up is uh, your schedule, so I want to talk about that a little bit. Like, how do you manage your schedule? Do you have any hacks? Do you have a, a planner? Does somebody take care of that? Like, how do you manage your day? Um, do you have time blocks? Because I, I see like something I struggled with was the time block thing, right? Like I was just answering emails throughout the day as I can get to it or I'll post and do this. And then once I set up times where it's like, okay, I'm only answering emails at this time, all of a sudden it felt like this huge stress relief because I wasn't consumed with clients or notifications or inquiries or anything like that. So how do you go about scheduling and what lessons have you learned along the way? Um, well, this goes right back to knowing yourself. So for me, um, my schedule is still not perfect. I still am overscheduled and, and, you know, like overworked day in and day out. Um, but I think one thing is knowing myself, I know that I'm not a morning person. So I schedule my workouts early in the morning with my trainer so that I have accountability and I go and I show up there. So I'm starting my day off in a positive way and early enough, you know, so I'm not sleeping in all day. Um, and then I get to my work. But one thing for me at towards the end of last year, I was just wrecked. Like, you know, work is great and, and I'm really busy, but I was just exhausted and wiped and it just wasn't, it wasn't working for me. So one thing, knowing myself well enough and knowing that like I needed to find better balance was hiring. I've hired my brother full time. And so he works with me and he handles a lot of, um, the business stressors that used to just kind of like almost send me over the edge. And so that was a big thing for me of taking care of myself was bringing him on. Um, and just being able to like delegate. I'm, I'm somebody that's like, in some sense, I think I can do everything better than everybody else, which is really not a good, it is not a good way to it go It makes about hiring life. employees. It's just, and it's not, I don't do, I don't do yeah. majority of things better than everybody, but it's just, I have this belief inside of me. And so it's like a learning lesson to like, let that go. I am not perfect and I'm not better than majority of people. Let people in to help me. Um, but the schedule is still really hard. It's hard. I'm, I'm busy and I'm working from the moment I get up to the moment that I, you know, go to bed. I think outsourcing is huge too. Like you have a team, you have people helping you. Like Miko does a bunch of stuff. I've mm-hmm. seen that personally. Like uh, I'll give Jay Ferrugia credit for this. I heard him talking about productivity and he was like, you need to outsource everything you do. Like don't grocery shop. Don't do your laundry. Like have oh. people do this. And I was just like, this okay. guy's crazy, right? Yeah. But 
Then, like, my assistant came on board, and I was like, man, this is a game changer. Me and Shannon started ordering our groceries. Game changer. We drive up, and they load up my car, and we leave, and I was like, yo, this is the best thing that's ever. So there's, like, little things in your day that you can kind of tweak and change and get help with and yeah. not be uh, stubborn and stuck up about. Yeah. Like, Because I've suffered the same thing. Like, I can do everything. I can work 24-7 if I want to. I can train hard every day. I can do all the sales calls, all everything, and you just get burnt out. Like, yeah, you just can't. You have yeah. to be willing to trust other people. Yeah. So going to the next question, yeah. what's your training like? Everybody wants to know what your training is like. Oh. <laughs> um, well, so my training goes in cycles. There's always like I sometimes have a goal or something I want to achieve. Sometimes I just want to move. Um, right now, basically last year I was dealing with a nagging injury and I wanted to go and really have somebody like give an in-depth look of what was going on with my body. Um, and so I hired a trainer and I've been training with him for I think a year and a half now. And, um, that just really works for me right now. I have, obviously I'm a trainer. I write programs and coach people day in and day out. And so for me, it was like this moment of not wanting to do that and wanting somebody else to be in control for that hour, um, was really important to me. So I have a trainer right now. Um, like literally an actual goal we're working on is like really working my, on my aerobic base. It's like my weakness. I hate conditioning. Um, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I'm more like, (laughs) God, it's like, tell me to jump forever or sprint, you know, like I have no problem doing that, but like, tell me to go short distance. Oh my God. I think it, it literally goes back to when in like soccer practice and stuff, like, you know, basically when you failed at something or you didn't achieve whatever, you do laps. Yeah. To do laps. Oh yeah. That is the same thing with me. It's mental for me. I'm like, it's just so negative now. So anyway, so that's really what we're working on right now. But, um, if for me, it's always about now, like I don't have any real like set goals. Like I'm trying to achieve or do anything crazy. I'm just trying to move and be like healthy in my body on a daily basis. So do you have any, uh, do you ever set like mini goals? Like things like I am not very good at this. I'm going to try to challenge myself at this or cause like the one thing I will say about again, CrossFit is that to do it, you have to be good at a lot of things at once, which I think is really cool. Like bodybuilders are just good at bodybuilding. Powerlifters are really strong in the bench press, but they can't run a mile to save their lives. Like I think it's cool that they're really well-rounded. Do you have any goals to kind of keep yourself in different things? Um, I don't actually, which I know is probably going to surprise people, but I don't have any goals. I think my coach and I have discussed very – like there's – um. I like to be challenged on a daily basis and I like to fail. I learn a lot from my fails and it's like, it's obviously, it's a very frustrating thing for me, but I like to get to the point where he's throwing things at me that I can't physically do. And then I have to work my way around them and figure them out. So on a daily basis, the little mini goals are like doing the crazy things that he's helping me come up with. Um, but I have no bigger goal. And I know that's like confusing to people, but I guess the biggest goal for me is to move every single day, some way, shape or form to challenge myself with movement. Like I, you know, I, I did yoga for a little while and that didn't really work for me. And then I've tried dancing and like, I try different forms of movement. I'm trying to be challenged by movement, but I have no overarching, like, this is what I'm trying to achieve at all. I just try to have fun. But I also grew up as an athlete with goals, 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 goals yeah. drilled into me every single day. And the freedom of not having to achieve anything physical or like not having to like work out to then try to achieve something is really freeing to me. So people may not understand it. And I know a lot of people are very goal oriented when it comes to movement, but it's just not my thing right now. I get it. Uh, I uh, <laughs> So I tried to do this challenged like myself to do something different i went on a run <laughs> oh my god like i was really like okay i'm just gonna go like so i have like a big the neighborhood has like one big loop i usually go walk it and i was like i'm just gonna do like two laps because you walk a lap 
And I literally got like a quarter of the way. I think I ran oh, for five minutes and I like stopped <laughs> and I like looked at my clock like thinking it's got to be 20 by now. I know. And I was like, this is embarrassing. No, so I'm hilarious. actually going to challenge myself to go jog okay. because and it and like it has nothing to do with improving my physique or anything yeah. like that. I was just like, I feel kind of pathetic. I yeah. can't really go on a run. <laughs> no. Listen, most people probably shouldn't be running anyway. So I agree. it's probably, you know, horrible find, for your find joints. Something else to do. But I just, I think the thing is, is I'm more motivated by the daily like challenges that are thrown at me than like a larger goal that I'm trying to achieve. Right. But who knows? That might change. Like I've always kind of had in the back of my mind that like a triathlon would be awesome. Um, so there's little things that I might decide that motivate me when the time comes and I'll do them. So I had a question from somebody that I think this will be cool because we were talking about how you shouldn't be so focused on visually how your appearance is and you should be chasing health and everything, but they want to lose 50 pounds. Like they were like, what is her advice for losing 50 pounds? And the reason I think it's cool is because I think that in order for them to look better, they actually will have a healthier lifestyle. They will mm -hmm. feel better about themselves. So one question is, what is your advice for this girl? She wants to know like how you would get her set up, but then also like how do you balance the <clears throat> thought of like – you know what? You should be chasing how you feel and your health. But at the end of the day, like she would feel a lot better if she appreciated what she saw in the mirror. Listen, I totally understand. Like, it's not that I don't understand that looks are important. Like I really do. I just do not believe that they can be your motivating factor because a lot of times what happens is when you get into movement because you want to change the way that you look, you're really disappointed that that look doesn't happen fast enough. Or when you achieve that look that the rest of your, like you all of a sudden look around and you're not happy yeah. and it didn't change anything. And so for me, that just can't be your motivating, your sole motivating factor. Um, so when I am trying to help people, you know, lose weight or get moving or whatever it is, it's they trying to change their mindset first that they're doing that because that's what they need to do to take care of themselves. And that's what they need to do to start the process of loving themselves and to live a longer, happier life. So that's how we're starting there. It's not that I don't believe that, you know, I understand people want to look a certain way. But for her, I would really just challenge her and we would work together at looking at her daily habits and starting to pick apart some of the really, really simple things that she can add into her life. Like, I don't like to look at things when it comes to people wanting to move or lose weight or whatever they want to do. I don't want to like pick apart and take away everything that they're I love doing. That. Yeah. So for me, it's like, let's just try to keep this positive and like, what are the simple things that we can add into your day? Um, and then that we can add into your week and we just go larger and larger from there. But I think it's really important that people start achieving these mini goals. And I think by adding things into somebody's day on a, on a daily basis, they feel like they're achieving something. Then they have that positive energy, that positive energy just like keeps building and building. And then they're making life changing, um, steps. But another thing I think for me is like, it's not, it's looking at things a little bit more well-rounded. So it's, you know, I would be asking her to move more and we would get, you know, more direction about how she was moving to add probably different food into her day, to add, you know, water into her day, like really, really simple things. And then from there, I always say, once you start moving and taking care of yourself and feeling better, your, your whole energy, everything shifts. And then you have the energy to start looking at the things that you should take out of your life. And yeah. I think so it's just um, it's a step by step process, but it's like trying to keep it positive the entire time, um, and making like many goals and achievements possible. And I think like PN, I don't know if you're familiar with Precision Nutrition, mm -hmm. but that's like one of their biggest philosophies: is we don't take away, we add in. And mm -hmm. naturally, you end up not doing the bad habits that you had in your lifestyle right. because you've been adding so many positive things, which right. I think is really huge. And right. it actually reminded me, I. I asked this client if I could quote this and I did on my Instagram. I don't know if you saw it, but she messaged me and she was like, Hey, I just, 
just noticed that I've literally haven't been taking my antidepressants literally half as much because since I started training with you Amen. and we're not doing any nutrition stuff. We're just, just moving, we're training, we're listening to our body and stuff. So like little things like that we're talking about can make the biggest world of a difference. And I look at it like when I see that, I'm like, man, when I look in the mirror and I'm like, man, I wish I had better abs. Like, pff, come on, man. Like that's the shit that matters when people are changing their life in that way. Like that's so powerful. Yeah. And just appreciating your body. Like I always tell people the, uh, like daily affirmations, just write them out. Just yeah. appreciate your but body. Going, going back. Cause the, in the mirror thing reminds me though, cause people always say like, well, how do you accept yourself? Or like, how do you just love yourself? I'm like, that is a daily process. Mm-hmm. Like, please, I would be fooling you sitting here saying, I love everything about myself. Yeah. But if they're, if I'm looking in the mirror or I'm like physically doing so, whatever, and I don't like it, I really quickly, change that energy. And so if there's something like I say, like, I don't like that about myself, whatever I in an instant can catch myself now and then try. And then I put, I don't try, I do say something positive about myself and change that energy right away. And so I think it's just, it's those small things. It's not that all of a sudden you just are like, I just love myself, love everything about myself. I just accept myself. Like I, that is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Like social media is full of that. Yeah, and yeah. that is bullshit. It is a daily process for me. It's a daily process. Every single day I have something negative say, to say about myself and every single day I have to fill that with something positive. So anyways, I'm going back to say that the, it's just all in the small steps that you can do. I think I put a, put a quote the other day because it was basically like the life changes, like the big things that you do in life and like achieving the goals, like all the huge things that you have are really only going to happen when you change the day-to-day process. Like the small little things that you do add up to make the big, huge life-changing um, circumstances you know a lot of people look at that shit like cheesy too like i remember i was i wouldn't say i was a negative person but i definitely wasn't a positive person i definitely looked at the the wrong side of things a lot growing up yeah and it used to be one of those things where people were like dude just like start your day with like just say one positive thing or just write something i'm like that's so cheesy like nobody does that but that's why i was a negative person right and like I write a positive thing about myself every single day. And like you said, like you look in the mirror, if you, if you start to go that route, you immediately change it. You say, probably say it out loud, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, and it's kind of cheesy, but that's what works. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who are really happy in life and they do those things. Even like Tony Robbins is a great example. That dude will like scream a positive thing and then slap himself in the face and like <laughs> he'll smile and like, and then he goes on stage and he changes people's life. And you look at it, you're like, that's so weird. But it's like, dude, he's, I mean, he's. Well, happy. also, but it's not the only thing like reading quote right. or saying like one positive affirmation is like not the only thing that's going to change your life. But there's never one. There's hack. never one yeah. hack. There's never one thing. But I do think it is about like, lo- listen, loving yourself is going to is like life changing. Mm-hmm. And it's been my it's been the biggest goal for me. Uh, forever is to love myself, love my body, love everything about who I am as a human being. But there, there's a lot of mini little steps that go along that way that need to happen. And of course there's those, those like cheesy quotes, whatever, maybe they don't work for you or you're not in a place to want to hear it, but try something else that loves yourself. Um, so another question was, uh, it was diet related, but they said something about the meals you always post. Cause mm-hmm. they said you have like, you post on your story and stuff yeah. like great meals. Um, how do you approach nutrition, which is actually kind of tying into this because I think you're pretty, you're a lot more about like awareness and just yeah. uh, intuitively eating and stuff yeah. like that. So how do you go about nutrition? Well, very simply put, uh, I literally like food is fuel. Like I eat to be able to fuel my body to do the things that I physically want to do. And so for me, I'm in tune enough to know that like when I eat something that's crap, I feel like crap. And so there's no, like, it's not like I try to, I count calories. I do anything like that. I just literally know that if I keep the food as close to the whole source as possible, that's the best for me. So if I can cook it, obviously that would be the best. But 
another thing about knowing myself is I didn't have a lot of time in my day to make meals, which is why Northwest Fit Meals came into play. Um, but I, it's simple. It's really, really simple. Like for me, I don't try to like follow any diet, any, anything I have had to work on recently, like eating enough fuel for the things that I'm doing. And so there's always tweaks that I need to make. But I think that if you're conscious about trying to keep your food source as close to the actual source. So like when I mean like you are going to make uh, sweet potatoes, like if you're eating sweet potatoes that you bought and you mash them up and you make them, yeah. that's a lot better than making, you know, eating a sweet potato chip that you got out of a bag. Yeah. So it's just being really conscious about that. But I am not... I'm just not obsessive about that stuff. Like you need to live life. You need to do what you need to do. Um, and you need to take care of yourself. But I also don't think that that means that you need to eliminate everything. Like, listen, I eat dessert. Like I, you know, I do things that I want. I know that I will quote unquote pay for it. Cause I'll feel like shit. Like right. I literally get sugar hangovers if I eat yep. too much sugar and I feel like crap. I think that, you know, it's, people need to get in tune with themselves and they need to like, you know, start being really conscious and aware of how things make them feel. And that goes back to being your own scientist. You Do you know? think there's a process of eliminating those things first? Cause there's a lot of people who don't get sugar hangovers because they're constantly in one. Yeah. Well, so they don't you feel even like know. shit. You don't know that you feel like shit exactly. until you start feeling better. Um, for sure. Like, but a process of elimination is not like all of a sudden you're going to go from cold turkey. Eating. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm always trying to say this to people, even to like my family members, like it is not all of a sudden you're going to be healthy. You've cut out everything and you're eating chicken, rice and broccoli. Like that is yeah. not what I'm saying, but like, let's make some conscious decisions of like some choices that we're going to make. We're going to add in more vegetables. Like we're going to add in more fruit. We're going to add in more whole sources. Once you do that and you're eating in that way, then we're going to slowly start eliminating some of the crap that you put in your body. It is mind boggling to me that people don't think that the chemicals that they're putting into their body are going to have some type of a negative effect on their body. I mean, there's, we go yeah. back to Coca-Cola eating pennies like that whole, it's I mean, crazy. And I do not <laughs> understand how it's you so think insane, that yeah. that is not going to wreck right. havoc on your system. Well, So the issue is, is they'll do studies on all these processed foods, chemicals, things like that. And then they try to debunk them. But these studies are four, eight weeks long. Yeah. It's like, well, what happens after years of consuming this right. shit? It's just, it's right. insane. Um, so I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, another question was training music. What oh. is Kaiser listening to? <laughs> so what I want to do is uh, top three songs oh my God. right now. No, because this is like so embarrassing. Well, people don't, I literally, <laughs> so, what are you I listen to? to slow jams. Like I okay. listen to slow Essential jams. Essential in the gym? I mean, no, it just puts me in my space. I'm not <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I can't lie. <laughs> Um, it would, this is so funny though, because, um, like last year beats had me do my playlist and so they like put it out and it was all <laughs> slow jams. Like, are you serious? But then one of the guys went and like listened to my, my playlist. So he went and did his workout and he loved it. So I was like, see, like puts you in a spot. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, uh, I love Anthony Hamilton, Sade, Erica Badu. Um, I mean, Donnell Jones, like I'm like, Slow, slow, Man, slow jams. we are completely opposite. <laughs> I'm opposite than most people when it comes yeah. to workout music. I get, like, angry in the gym. No. Yeah. Mm. That's, like, the only thing. Well, I do get angry. That's why I need slow jams <laughs> okay. to calm me down. I got you. Gets the so balance. maybe that's the opposite. I'm a really calm person. Maybe I need something to, oh. like, just turn me on. Because it's the same. When I'm driving, it's always slow jams. Or, like, I listen to a lot of acoustic music. Oh. Shannon listens to country, so that's always on in the car if mm. she gets control of the Spotify. But, no can do. But in the gym, I'm listening to, like, the game and Meek Mill and it's just like yelling at me. No, I don't know. I think I, I honestly, I think
think we're opposite in that way. And it's really, that is a defining factor. I am so, I have so much like pent up energy and everything. Like I just need music to calm me down, put me in my zone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, travel was another question. Where's your, the favorite place you've been? And then I want to ask you, where's the place you want to go that you haven't been yet? Mm. I don't know. I honestly don't travel a lot like outside the country. There's mm. a lot that like, you know, but I will say my favorite it's not exactly that Spain was my favorite place, but it was an incredible trip. I went with my mom and my brother, and we did the Camino. So we walked um, for five weeks across Spain. Damn. Yeah. And so it was, like, just an incredible, like, life-changing experience. I can imagine. I'm not somebody that likes to, like, uh, as you can imagine, I don't like to sit still. So I don't go <laughs> – I don't enjoy a vacation, like, sitting there um, – or I do for a day. Um, and then uh, – but I'm, like, a doer. I have to do something on vacation. So – um, that was like my favorite trip by far and away. Um, where do I want to go? I do want to go back to Spain. I want to do Southern Spain cause we just walked across Northern Spain. Um, but a I'm, place you've never been. Oh, okay. That's what you got to choose. Well, I've never been so many places around the world. Really? I yeah. Thought, see, it's always in the country, huh? It's always, yeah, yeah it's always in the U S I really want to go. My brother and I hopefully will go to New Zealand. I really want to, why you just got do, back from there. I know we got to pick your brain about that. Yeah. Um, I've wanted to do South Africa. There's just, I've there's heard a, great things about both those places. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot I want to do. Um, and a lot of places I want to go. So got to start making them happen. So speaking of which, if you can tell us like what's on, what's next on the map. Yeah, let's see. There's a lot on the map. I think the most important thing for this year was I wanted to be able to finally create programs and give people things to do. You mm -hmm. know, being on social media is like really easy to like, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. And then people being like, okay, well, what can I do? Yeah. And so I really took that in all last year and wanted to create programs and things for people to do. So the goal for this year was to get people moving and give them tools to help them move. And so we're, we have a lot of programs that are coming out. Um, and it's, for me, I feel like I have a wide range of people on, um, that I call my team, you know, the people that follow me, there's a wide range. We have like from trainers and yeah. like more skilled people to general population or people that are just trying to move inside their home. So we're trying to create programs that fit all of those people. So it's a work in progress, but that's really the main goal for me this year is to give people tools to get out there and get moving. Dope. I yeah. love it. All right. So let's see if you remember this question and you're going to answer it differently. Mm -hmm. I want to say we asked you this last time, but I feel like <laughs> afterwards, put on the spot. What I feel like this? afterwards you were like, man, I wish I would have said so-and-so. So now you get a second shot. You're on a plane to J Japan. So I think that's 13 hours. So you got a, you got a oh, damn God, long trip. You're in the, you're, <laughs> you're in the middle seat and there's two empty seats next to you. You can have anybody in those seats dead or alive, but they cannot be friends or family. Who's sitting with you? I always say Oprah. Like oh, I, I want to say you said Oprah last I time too. I think I probably did too. Listen, Oprah and I share a birthday because I, I literally feel like we're like, you know, soul sisters and connected in some way. So I always, I just really want to meet Oprah. You voting? I, what? No, I'm not <laughs> voting. I do not, <laughs> no, I'm not voting for her for president. Have you heard like rumors about I that? I have heard rumors and listen, I, hey, we, I, I love her, but then. no. Well, yeah, no, no celebrities for president. Oprah versus The Rock. That's <sighs> what's going to be the election. Um, have you ever seen the movie? This is a complete side rant, but I have to say this. <laughs> have you ever seen the movie uh, Idiocracy? No. Oh, my God. Have you seen that? Oh, so Idiocracy is uh, Luke Wilson's the actor, and it's uh, Owen Wilson's brother. And he gets uh, he gets in this, like, time chamber or some shit. I don't know. He gets frozen in time for, like, 2,000 years. And it goes to the future, and the entire world is just stupid. And that's why it's Idiocracy, right? 
and they're just horribly stupid. And and this sounds fucked up, but me and Shannon were walking through Walmart last night because we ordered a, a new rocking chair. And I look at her, I was like, have you ever seen Idiocracy? And she was like, no. And I was like, I feel like we're there right now. And it was like, but when we're talking about who we're voting for for president, I'm like, well, fuck, is this what the world's turning into? No. Celebrities? I do not believe, I will, I am, it's a reality I show. will not believe the world is turning into this. I think mm. Trump is the lowest low, and I'm, I think it's all up from here. Mm. Um, not to bring politics into yeah. it, though. I don't vote ever for anything, Yeah, so, so that's a whole other topic <laughs> that I will um, <clears throat> school you on after this, because that is ridiculous. Um... The other person, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm really obsessed with Ellen right now. So I'm going to say, yeah, I just love her. Uh, God, what that would be a plane ride. It would be a plane ride. Both of them. Yeah, I really like. Two of the most generous people. She, and I have this, I'm putting out into the universe right now. I would love to be on her show. And so I think, you know, if I sat next on an airplane, I could convince her. That's how it starts. <laughs> Put it out in the universe. Well, we have, I just like, I think it would be so awesome to be on our show and, you know, to get her audience moving. So I'm trying to do that. I could absolutely see that happening. Yeah. And she does that kind of stuff. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I've never watched the show. Oh, but. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but I've seen memes and shit. So. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. How do you not watch Ellen? I don't, well, first of all, I don't have cable. I don't watch TV. I mean, I don't, wa- I don't have TV either, right. but listen, I will YouTube Ellen. Like there's okay. certain guests I want to see. I'll YouTube and watch yeah. her interview them. I just don't, I don't know. I'm not a big reality show guy. I've never been. It's a talk show. It's not reality. Well, same like, shit. I oh mean. my God. Okay, fine. I, no argument. Yeah. You do you. But Ellen, I think that's, that's, I don't know. Ellen, she's just so positive for everything that she's gone through mm-hmm. in life, everything that she's done. Like she radiates positivity. And I think for me, I think in order to like really help this world, you know, become a better place is a huge part of that is helping it become a more positive place. And I love Ellen for that. Um, and so I'm going to be on a show. I love soon. it. I'm just going to put it out there. We'll put it out there. Okay. We'll end it on that. All right, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. That is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as I enjoyed talking to Kaiza. One quick announcement to make. Actually, scratch that. I got two for you guys, but I want to mention two things. First and foremost, my new program just launched this week. It's called Functional Muscle. It is a four-day-a-week strength and hypertrophy training system it's periodized it gives you everything you need to know it gives you the videos along with the description the coaching cues it literally breaks down everything you need for nine weeks of phased and periodized programming this is the go-to program for anybody who wants to drastically change their body composition and have everything done for them so they can stop guessing on what they should be doing in the gym you can get that at the link in the show notes, or you can go to boomboomperformance.com slash functional dash muscle. The second announcement I have to make, I just got to make it real quick. Guys, I've been loving and appreciating all the great positive feedback, all the great reviews on iTunes. So if you can do me one huge favor, go on there now and leave me a five-star rating and review. Once again, I am going to be choosing the top five-star rating and review, and we are going to be sending them a pair of Fat Grips, like I mentioned on the last podcast. Fat Grips are a revolutionary tool for training, in my opinion. It's a way to make every grip you grab 
fat, <laughs> but no, really, it's it's awesome, and it creates way more grip strength, it creates way more total body tension, which I think is very huge for anybody who is trying to increase their form, increase their core tension, increase muscular activation, or just get a damn good arm pump. So, we're going to send one of those out. The good guys at Fat Grips are supporting this, and they're going to donate a pair to whatever listener gives me the best five-star rating and review, and we're going to announce that on Friday. So you still have a couple days left to get on it, and it does take a couple days for iTunes to read them, so I suggest you get on that ASAP, guys. All right. I will catch you guys next time.